0: Welcome to the family with Masked, Hackmaster, Roptovay Basham, M.D.
1: And Andy Brent Bernard. A couple of uh, special guests coming up today. Kristen Bird, will join us also. Minnesota Secretary of State Steve Simon will join us right after this with the family Always loved Steppenwolf. That's all I have to say.
0: Written by Mars Bonfire.
1: Mars Bonfire? Yeah, that
0: was the I would say person who wrote.
1: Steppenwolf
3: always makes me think of this uh, this old '90s uh, like virtual reality glove product. <laughs> it was like you know, to, instead of a mouse, you know, like the Minority Report yeah. the movie, yep. where he's like doing all that crap. It's yep. like it was supposed to be like that, but obviously it wasn't. But on the back of the box, it said, uh, it said that the product was great for, um, like, the people who can't use a mouse, uh, the disabled, uh, and Steppenwolf uses it. What? <laughs> it's an interesting uh, combination.
1: Steppenwolf? You got
3: the disabled and you got Steppenwolf, both big fans
1: of the glove. So you got Kristen Burt and Kristen Burt. That's
3: Actually, you got. you got Kristen Burt and our guest.
1: Well, oh, Steve's ready to go too. Steve, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Kristen, you have a very special guest on with you today. The Minnesota Secretary of State, Steve Simon, has decided to come on. We're gonna we're gonna have Steve on, and, and uh, you can come on the KQ Morning Show later on, uh, like this week, next week, because I'd, I'd like to talk to you on the morning show about voting uh, voting by mail and all of that stuff. If you have time to do that, but that'd only be about ten minutes. I'd love so. to. You know so you would okay, excellent.
3: <clears throat> just to be sure, I don't actually know for sure whether or not
1: Kristen and Steve can hear each other. So, uh, so Kristen, can yeah. okay, good. So, you can hear each other. Can you yep. could you hear her, Steve? I can, excellent. Andy, yep. who's a better engineer than my son, Andy? That's what I <laughs> don't want even to know. have to test it, it just works. <laughs> it's all true one percent of the time. So, Kristen, uh, Steve Simon is i you know steve i didn't even know this that that you were ron's son i didn't know that yeah that's right see i just figured that out yep. so two generations of you i have to put up with now is that the plan i know i know really yeah <laughs> he just goes, he's
2: smiling yeah. somewhere but
1: yeah he's no, smiling he somewhere he was great indeed he was great uh, how would you describe your so your father was an agent
2: he was. He liked the term. Uh, he, he used agent. He rolled with it. He sort of liked sports attorney. Sports but, attorney, uh, yes. But, mm. you know, agent's good. Agent's good. And he loved it. I mean, he absolutely loved it. It was like the perfect job for him because, you know, you got the legal stuff, although you don't have to be a lawyer to do that kind of work. But you got that. He loved sports. He was an athlete himself. He was really active in U of M athletic stuff for years and years. And that's actually how he kind of stumbled into it. It was by accident. He didn't even intend to go into it. And he loved it, and he loved being around the athletes and dealing with management. And He just got great stories. I mean, just great stories about some really outsized personalities here and all over the country. And it was a great gig for him. He really loved it.
1: Now, Kristen, I'm going to ask uh, Steve a couple of questions. But uh, Kristen Burt is our Hollywood reporter. She's based in Los Angeles, does a wonderful job, Steve. I don't know if you've ever heard Kristen or not, but she does a terrific job. And basically... Now, somebody, now a third person's Not calling really. We got all kinds of people calling in, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's unbelievable. It's a busy show. Look at how pop, you know, popular you two are. <laughs> that's the whole deal right there. Yeah, it's probably Maddle calling in. Yeah, that's probably who that is. Right. So. How did you get stuck? I mean, how did you ever meet Chris Maddle?
2: <laughs> Chris Maddle and I worked at the same place, uh, at the same law firm where I was at for like 14 years, and he was at for a lot longer, and we worked on something together. And we were on a couple of things together, and he was just down the hall for me, actually. And he is one of the great characters, and seriously, really good at what he does. Like, despite all the humor and everything else, like, man, he's good. I so, guess we'll um, see. We'll see. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> but, no. yeah, no, I just got to know him as a colleague. He was literally down the hall for me, and, you know, Well
1: that's this, it. Kristen, this all happened because I was talking to my attorney, Chris Maddle, the one that Steve's talking about working with. Um, at a different law firm, <clears throat> but Chris was talking to me one day. He goes, "Why don't you ever have any politicians on you?" Now, would the Secretary of State even be considered a politician? Sure, yeah, I got to run for it. I'm elected. No, yeah, so that's guess, true. Yeah, I guess. I guess that fits me. But it's kind of like you—you kind of you, you kind of watch over everybody else and make sure they do their job, right?
2: Kind of. I mean, you know, we do a couple of things. We, we we oversee the election system in our office, and we also do all the business-like intake and filing, kind of uh, welcome mat for businesses. So, you know, every business under the sun in Minnesota, you got to file somewhere, and that's with our office, and we do a lot of other related business stuff. So those are two of the big buckets that we
1: do. Now, not to taint Kristen Burt's name, but Kristen actually worked for Jesse Ventura for a while.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did. Is that right? The legendary. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> he goes. Wow! I look forward. I look forward to the memoir. That's.
1: Yeah, you must have stories. I've story. got stories. <laughs> <laughs> so if maybe you maybe
2: t- some of them will die with you,
1: but yeah. Yeah, maybe that's a possibility. Uh, now, Kristen, at some point, I'll, I want you to interview Steve Simon and talk about a little entertainment with him because it's always interesting me to find out pe- the the entertainment that people go to. Whether it's you know broadcast television, it's this, it's it's the, the movie channels, it's Roku, whatever whatever that is. But uh, I'm finding a lot of good things to tell you the truth, and we'll get we'll get to all the stuff. But I just found out today, Steve, you haven't met her yet, but uh, my lovely wife Catherine uh, is headed job. up to the to the she they're going up to somebody's to a friend's cabin mm-hmm. uh, Well, I'm working two three jobs. she she'll be at the cabin, you know. What I'm saying. But uh, I just found out, Kristen Burt, that there's a new character in season five of Billions, whose name is Catherine Brandt.
4: Oh, who wrote a character oh. after her? She said she,
1: she said if it looks anything like me, I'm going to sue. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> it's like I'm pretty sure you can't do that, honey. Uh, now she, I'm sure she's quite honored by that. And Catherine Brandt is, uh, well, I suppose, it's a pretty normal name, I would think, anyway in any case but um so one of the great things about that is chris maddle did tell me he asked me a while back he goes why don't you ever have have politicians on your show and i said well it's one very very quick answer to that they won't come on the show he goes what i said yeah we've invited many many uh politicians to be on the show and you know back in the day norm coleman and I, you know i haven't seen norm in a while but uh, obviously uh, wishing, wishing well for, uh, for Norm Coleman. I've known Norm Coleman. I met Norm Coleman, uh, Steve. I was on the air, and they elected this new guy, the mayor of St. Paul. And I looked at the picture on the front page of the St. Paul Pioneer Press, and I said, who is this cocky bastard? Because he had his feet up on the desk. <laughs> Remember that picture?
2: Vaguely. Did he have a cigar in his mouth? Yes, he did.
1: That's, it. That's the picture, yeah. Steve. So I said, who's this cocky bastard? About a half hour later, the security rings at the front door of the radio station, and it's Mayor Norm Coleman at the door. He wants to come on and defend himself. <laughs> and he and I became friends that day, and, and he uh, started out as a Democrat and uh, went over to become a Republican. And that was basically right. that was based more on religious beliefs than anything else. Uh, which is fine. Maybe you know. So, yeah, yeah, I think that that's pretty much what it was all about. But uh, and then, of course, I met Tim Pawlenty. The first time I ever met Tim Pawlenty, I was uh, over at Stone Ridge Golf Course, and I was in the men's room at the urinal. And this guy next to me goes, "Are you Tom Bernard?" And I said, "Yeah, how you doing?" He sticks his hand out, and I go, "Why don't we wait till we wash our hands, yeah. <laughs> ah, and then we'll shake hands?" That turned out to be uh, who, the guy who would later become Governor Tim Pawlenty. But you know, Jesse used to be on, but, but Steve, you're breaking new ground for, for like the 2000s or at least 2010. I'm happy to do on. It. I know, it's so great because it's bad, it, it,
2: by the way, that people have that reaction. I think you gotta, you know, you, you can't have thin skin that way. Uh, you, you just, why not? What's the harm?
1: Well, you know what I think it is, Steve, and I'm very serious about this, is that even though I was born and raised in Minnesota. I'm I'm not like a lot of Minnesotans, and I do know that, that I do have, uh, you know, a pretty gruff side to me. And as it turns out, the more I like you, the worse I treat people. <laughs> so you know, that's, <laughs> that's, and they're going to have to be, they get raked over the coals. That's just how it is. I just think that a lot of a lot of people think that I that I could fly off the handle or I, I do this or that or the other thing. They they just I'm not like most Minnesotans. Uh, and I loved I love the fact that I was born here I, I came back here I've you know been offered jobs everywhere in America and I stayed here I love it but I finally did realize that's what it is because I'm not like you know that oh gosh you know you know that's not who I am
2: passive aggressive
1: yeah I'm not passive aggressive but I'm very aggressive right. but I'm not very passive I will tell you <laughs> I'm not the most <laughs> passive guy ever but you know I, so it was so great because Chris Maddell calls me back and goes, you know, Steve Simon, I talked to Steve. and you, you should have him on because he's a great guy. He'd really like one another. I said, I'd love to do it, but he'll never do it. And then all of a sudden I got a, a phone message from you. You're, you're teed up. You're ready to go. It's great. I'm really, really glad you decided to come on, Steve, because I wanted to talk about how the world has changed, you know, how we're going to get through all this stuff. Vote by mail is going to be part of it. Dr. Ralph Basham is here. We're going to talk to him also about... Is this really going to last till August first? Um, I don't know, Kristen, Steve, and everybody uh, in the studio here. I don't know if this lasts another two, three months. This thing it might last till August first. Uh, what are going to be about four restaurants left in America? I know,
2: God, <laughs> seriously, that, that's a rough.
1: That's a rough business to begin with, right? Is, what are yes. the stats about
2: the number that go out of business in the first year or two, and then keep this on top of it? That's,
1: yep, that's bad. So I don't know. Steve, very quickly, and, and Kristen, since you've been involved, you know, back in the day, eh, I, I just, how do we repay all this? We're going We're coming up on what now? $8 trillion in additional debt, which is going to put us over the $30 trillion. Are we already over the $30 trillion mark, or are we coming up to it? I think we're knocking on the door. I don't know if we're there yet. We were I, in I the low like point were... before all this hit. Yeah, I, I was thinking the
4: last number I saw was about 28 trillion
1: so we're real close. And they're talking about another 2 trillion, 2.2 $2 trillion coming out so we will break the 30 trillion mark. Is that Mr. Simon, is that as onerous and dangerous as it sounds because from what I understand, while well, my son Andy is sitting here and Andy explained before that that's not really a problem. You still- well, I mean, I didn't say
3: 30 trillion isn't a problem because I don't really know, but the absolute number doesn't really tell you anything. It's the relative to the GDP that tells you everything. So,
1: okay, now Steve and Andy can talk about this. Go ahead.
2: (laughs) Well, Andy, I I think Andy's... No, I totally think Andy's right. All the people that seem to be making sense say you look at that GDP figure, and we're at, like, we're also knocking on the door at World War II levels, where it was, you know, over 100% of GDP, and, you know, this is an emergency, obviously, this last few trillion is an emergency. I don't think you can say that about everything that got up there, all the mm-hmm. 20-some trillion others, but yeah, it's, it's a problem. I mean, some people think you can grow your way out of deficits, that, hey, if it fuels growth, you can pay down the debt with that growth, but, you know, let's be honest, I think both parties over the years at different times have been complicit in this and um this is an emergency no question i mean most people understand you got to get people back to work you got to get people business loans all of that everyone understands that just like they did in world war ii but um obviously it's not sustainable forever you just can't do it
1: no not at all we'll take a very quick break come back and then uh, Kristen, i want uh, you to talk to steve a bit about the entertainment industry and how it's been shut down and what they're going to do about that we'll be right back with Kristen and steve right after this the family in 2020 and let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your
3: Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential.
1: There we go. I can hear That's go. beautiful. Much better. I like it. That works for me. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, Kristen Burt is on every Tuesday here on uh, the Family Podcast talking about entertainment. Uh, She was also in the political world working with Jesse Ventura back in the day and Steve Simon, the the, uh, Minnesota Secretary of State. And Kristen, would you talk to Steve a bit about what it's like to live in a Los Angeles that's not moving at all?
4: It's bizarre, I have to be honest, in that, especially with my work, part of my work is done in front of a laptop when I'm writing, but the other 50% is going on set, doing interviews, being backstage, um, and that doesn't exist right now. So I feel like my life exists in front of my laptop, and if I'm not typing, I'm on Zoom doing interviews. Um, And I think that the big question is, when will big productions go back? Um, And I think... Seriously, everything that I've heard from everyone, it's 2021 for big productions. Ooh. Small productions, wow. I think that they're going to be mm. able to figure out a way to do it.
1: So what do you think of wow. that, Mr. Simon? Do I have to call you Secretary Simon? I, I, no, David <laughs> <Jay>. so, <laughs> no. I go, mean,
2: you know But, you know, uh, Kristen, so uh, are you talking about, like, when you say big productions, I, I guess I'm not sure, does that mean, like, big you know, movies or... 50 even, million or over? Or? Yeah. Uh, it would,
4: it would be yeah, yeah.
2: Like,
4: w- w- yeah, it would be like a, a big movie, like a, a, an Avengers-type, uh, Mission Impossible type of movie, which requires hundreds of people to be on set at mm-hmm. any given time. Um, but also, there's a lot of TV shows that require a lot of different types of people involved, especially, and I, I've talked a lot about this, some of the dance competition shows, like Dancing with the Stars, requires contact between people. And I'm not sure that in the fall ABC is going to be gearing up um, and go, this is a great idea having people in close quarters because Mm. you have celebrities and their families. You've got the pro dancers and their families. Are you going to quarantine everyone together? Probably not. On a film set, it may be easier where they just bring everyone and say, we're all living here in this little compound for the next, you know, 30 days, the next six weeks. And we're going to make this film and we'll do COVID tests every single day. We'll do temperature checks. And then they do control stations. But on a TV show like a Dancing with the Stars or on a very big scripted show, it's probably going to be impossible this year.
2: Can I ask on behalf of my wife, if you were on this call, she would ask, okay, just please tell me it's not going to affect The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. <laughs> well Okay,
4: look, here's the interesting thing, and this is what ABC is thinking about doing. They were thinking about renting out a resort. And at the resort, everyone's going to live there. And this is for the upcoming Bachelorette season. That's already been announced, and then that was put on pause. And everyone will live there. There'll be no traveling or anything else like that, but they can control the environment. And you can obviously do health checks and everything else that you need to do. Um, and they're already, they're already, they already already do the STD test already on the bachelor. So adding one more layer of health <laughs> checks is not going to be that big a deal. So... I think that um, Bachelorette will probably, this is my theory, this is not fact or anything. My theory is that Bachelorette, instead of debuting this summer, won't happen, but maybe they'll film late in the summer, they'll debut in the fall and take the Dancing with the Stars space, and then they'll flip it, and Dancing with the Stars will come back in
1: 2021. Oh. So that'll, see, your wife will be happy. That'll be good. Your wife can be happy. That's
0: good news for her. You know, Kristen, I when I hear all this. And it, this, I really worry. This all based in mass hysteria, and the idea that uh, we have news in our pocket all the time, and people are just, and just seem to be uh, consumed constant with reminders uh, constant of, reminders, constant yeah. reminders of these sort of things. And I just, I just uh, there was a, there were two articles written. One was on May first. One was on May fourth uh, by Jeffrey Tucker on the American Institute of Economic Research, and. He, he pointed out that the CDC statistics for two pandemics, one in 1957, one in 1968, um, both had uh, 100 to 120,000 deaths uh, in the population of the United States when the population of the United States was maybe uh, half to two-thirds of what it is now. And when you look at those, there was absolutely nothing done. In fact, the one in nineteen sixty-eight, uh, Woodstock went on at the peak of that. Mm. And right now, you know, you know, looking at the death rate of this virus. Now, granted, uh, there's been the shutdown, but really has the shutdown and the quarantining really been necessary? Uh, and is re- is it really going to be effective? In you know. Yeah, well, you know, I, I just, I wonder if if we are, if we have truly overreacted, and is history going to say that we have truly way overreacted to this sort of uh, health threat, uh, which I, more, the more I see and the more I hear, really isn't much of a health threat. You can't be laying off, if it's going to be that big of a health threat, you can't be laying off employees uh, in the hospitals if it's that bad.
3: Well, the problem with this kind of scenario is that if it, doesn't get bad then they can say what we did worked right there's no proof like you can't ba- you basically can't prove yeah. that what they did didn't or did work that's It's right. kind of an unfalsifiable <laughs> concept that's right so you know no matter what you believe
0: you can point to something and say Yeah, uh, yet i think the main thing is don't touch your face yeah. <laughs> I mean, if,
4: don't touch your face. You know, wash your, wash hands, your
0: touch, hands. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face, and you're pretty much over this. You know, you know, and this is around. We got this. It's going to be around, and regardless of how long you run this through, it's always going to be there. We're always going to have it at risk for exposure, and it's going to run its course until there's herd immunity, and then it's going to peter out. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. i now I'm kind of.
4: Yeah, and I kind of agree with you. I was called today about doing a shoot next Monday. Um, I do an entertainment segment for an entertainment show in France. They're back up and running already. And they were like, are you comfortable? Would you want to mm. do it? And it's only going to be me. Um, the producer is going to act as the cameraman, and that's it. It's a two-person crew. And I was like, I'm totally comfortable with that. I have no problems. I know that we'll take um, any measure that we need to stay you know, safe and everything else. Um, But a friend of mine was like, "I can't believe that you're going to do that." She totally went off on me. I'm like, "It's a two person crew, (laughs) you know." I was like, "And I'm one of the crew, so I'm okay with that because you know I understand the risks, but I also understand that I'm doing everything I can to stay as safe as possible."
0: Yeah, and you're an age group, uh, Kristen, that really the chance of having a serious problem is really small, Mm -hmm. in almost infinitesimal, considering the. Uh, the number of uh, a real problem and bad cases. So, you know, yeah, I, you know, when I when I saw all the kids on the uh, beach in uh, uh, in Florida, I said, "Good, that's the best thing. Spread that around among them because they ain't gonna get that sick from it."
1: Mm-hmm. So, that's a good point. So, chicken pox. <clears throat> yep. One thing I did learn today. Oh, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead.
2: Well, no, Kristen does the fact that France is sort of you know, not totally up and running, but they seem to be maybe on the other side of that curve. Does that make you feel optimistic? Like, is that does that make you think that at least in your industry, that's where we're going to be in whatever, you know, four weeks, six weeks, something like that, or not necessarily?
4: Um, I do think that um, Hollywood is starting to sort of, you know, dust everything off and really start to try and figure out ways to come back because Netflix even just talked about this yesterday. They said we have several productions up and running now in several areas of Europe, Australia's is back um, with their production, so the U.S. is kind of looking to them to see how they're dealing with things, to see if there's any outbreaks or anything else like that. But smaller productions will come back first, and, um, you know, this was the first step for me um, for next week, and I have something else that's coming up at the end of the month, and it's going to be a small crew, and they're, they're ready to go. And um, I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see people scale down some of the production. We're seeing American Idol do it remotely. We're seeing The Voice doing it remotely. People are going to try and figure out ways to get back up and running as soon as possible if they can, if if it's feasible.
1: You know that I learned today, just by listening to all of you, I know exactly what this is all about now. <clears throat> I didn't before, but now I do. I, you know, because you hear speculation that this is all about the you know, Republicans doing it, it's all about the Democrats doing it, it's all about the election on uh, such a political year, they're trying to force uh, changes in the election. I found out today the real reason for COVID-19 is to keep Hollywood from making yet another superhero movie. So that's (laughs) great news. (laughs) To keep Marvel in the can. To keep Marvel in the can. We've had enough of the superheroes. Stop it.
4: You know, the the crazy thing is that Disney is so backlogged um, with content because they've pushed everything. Um, It's going to be a situation where they have too much stuff and not enough places to put it, and Mm. then we're going to worry about, hey, we don't have enough content because production was delayed, Mm -hmm. whatever it's going to be, three months, six months. On big motion pictures, it's an interesting dilemma.
1: I suppose that is true. Whatever. I, I, now, what are the biggest problems you, as Secretary of State, face from this, Steve? Big
2: problem. I, I'll tell you. Right now, it's part of it is look. I don't know what the world's going to look like in November. None of us do. Right. But what do you do about? You got to give some thought now. You'd be irresponsible not to, right? About. How do you run an election in the middle of this? I say middle of this, assuming what? If we have a wave two in the fall, which some people are talking about, you know, I don't know, I don't have the scientific background to tell you, but it would be, it would be dumb not to be thinking about it. So we're thinking about it. Um, we're talking a lot with the local folks who actually count the votes. We don't do that in our office. They all do it at your local governments and, mm-hmm. and, and about like, how can we pull this off without making people sick and drawing people into a crowded place like a polling place. And um, that's why some version of voting by mail, or at least encouraging that and growing that, is probably the, the best way to go from just a health standpoint.
1: Is it too easy to fix that, though? And I, I do want to talk to you at length about voting by mail on the KQ Morning Show, <clears throat> so I won't ask you all, all the questions. But I think people are kind of concerned, well, wait a minute, if you send the ballot in, can it be, can it be you know, messed with, and I, I said, right. basically, no matter how you vote, somebody could mess with it. There's no question. I mean, people finding you know ballots in the trunk of their car right, or whatever. Right. I mean, it's gone on throughout our history. So voting by mail would really not change it that much anyway, would it?
2: No, and the other thing is I don't blame people for bringing that up and saying, hey, wait a minute, wait, yeah. you're going to mail out a bunch of uh, ballots? Would someone going to go around mailboxes and start... Picking them off, right? But th- the way it works is, and I don't blame people for going there, but that that isn't actually how it works. In the sense that um, anyone doing that who picks off someone else's uh, ballot, they're not going to be able to. It's not going to be counted because you got to mail it back, and you got to have that person, the intended voters, either social security information or driver's license information. Oh. If that's not on there, it's not going to be counted. So. That's not a real possibility. I've never heard of that happening. There are a lot of places in Minnesota that already vote that way where they get the ballot mm-hmm. mailed to them automatically. They don't even have polling places. And I checked, I asked, have you heard of a single case of that? Because you'd have to know stuff about the person whose ballot you stole out of the mailbox or, or otherwise. So so there are security precautions there. All I'm looking at is look, you got about a thousand to one ratio right now in the state of the voters per polling place. On average. Some are higher, some are lower. And that's a lot of droplets, you know, in a 13-hour in in period. And how can we get that number down? You, you're not going to get it to zero, but how can, you, how can you put a big dent in that number? And encouraging people to vote by mail, which you already can right now if you request it, is one way to do it. Another would be to just say, hey, if you're registered and in the system, not, el- not just eligible, but you're, you're already in the system, you're, you've been checked and filtered and all that stuff, um, then you get a ballot mail to you. That's another way to make a big dent. So. That's all that I've been saying is, look, 1,000 to 1, let's get that ratio down, just from a public health standpoint. And, hey, with any luck, we won't even have to think of this in November, but it would be dumb not to plan for it. Right.
1: No, I agree completely. We'll take one more break, one more segment with Kristen Burt and Steve Simon right after this with the doo-doo we are back ladies and gentlemen one of the great things that ever Kristen. i don't know if you know this or not but i now have balance in my life which i really need you know what i mean
4: well what are you doing to create balance in your
1: life well steve simon came on the podcast today steve you're you're a democrat right yep okay steve's a democrat so uh I've befriended a democrat. I believe you have been very friendly. So that's why I say befriended <laughs> uh, a democrat. And now I, when people come up and go, "You had lunch with Donald Trump." And I'll go, "Yeah, but I'm friends with Steve Simon too." <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: glad I'm glad to be your cover
1: there. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Me. Thank you. You know, the one thing about that I will say and I'm very serious about this Steve, if I got a call from Jimmy Carter's office, said, would you come and have lunch with Jimmy Carter? I would rush to yeah, have definitely. lunch with Jimmy Carter. He's the of course.
4: man.
1: He's yeah. a good guy. He's
4: the nicest man.
1: You grew up on Plymouth Avenue in uh, North Minneapolis, and you're invited to have lunch no, with the president? Right. And I'm supposed to turn it down? I don't think so. Yeah,
2: no, exactly right. You're talking about the president. I don't care whether you voted for someone or didn't. It's yeah. just the honor of the office, right? That's
1: Indeed. Indeed. You yeah. know, I just...
0: And they're always going to have a great job.
1: That's true. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have That's great true. <laughs> so. But But no, I do, I do think both of you now, you're in Los Angeles, Kristen, so you have a great take on this. Steve, you're the Minnesota Secretary of State, so you have another great take on this. Um, I, I just, I think people are rushing too quickly to say, oh, you don't agree with everything I say, then I hate you. What, where did that all come from Do you? you? guys. So why, why do they think that?
2: Kristen,
4: amen
2: to that. I, yeah, well, go, ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, Kristen,
4: go ahead. Uh, I no one wants to answer. Say, well, uh, well, I will just say we've gone so far right and so far left, and sort of, and I, we talk about this a lot on the show that we've forgotten what the middle ground is. And yes. as someone who is a who it doesn't subscribe to either party, um, and I do see both sides. I do wish that was represented more. I wish I would hear more moderate voices on both in both parties. And I hope we can swing a little bit closer to center at some Be point good. in the future. It's not going to happen. In the, it's not going to happen in this election. But um, and I, I hope that we learn to listen, and I hope we learn to understand that we each have our own beliefs, but we can also open our minds um, and listen to discussion and have artful debate.
1: Love it.
0: You know, uh, Steve. Uh, you know, you, your dad probably went through a lot of negotiations. And I was told at one time that the best. Uh, Resolution to negotiations, with the best agreements, are when both parties feel like they've been screwed.
2: <laughs> yeah. And no. What that, nobody's happy with the deal. That's right.
0: And and, and and in essence, what that means is that each group has to give up something to get something. Yep. And every, you know, and that's mm-hmm. really where we have to come to. And it and we're at a yeah. juncture where you have these the two uh, the paranoid left and the paranoid right. You have these two groups, and they absolutely refuse to budge on any issue. And they, they just, no, I will not compromise anything because and that that's never going to work. And we're not seeing, uh, you know, we have to have some sort of compromise so we can get something done. Because in essence, it's sort of nothing's been done in America for I don't know how long.
3: I think what's going to happen is just like, so the baby boomer generation was super political. Gen X was apathetic. Millennials super political. I have a feeling Generation Z is going to be the <laughs> new Generation X. They're just they're going to grow up with this. They're going to read Twitter. They're going to get burnt out by the age of twelve,
2: and they're yeah. just not going to care.
1: Probably true.
2: It could be. You're <clears> right <throat> about so compromise too often being a dirty word. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you're selling out your principles. Right. No, you can be principled, but you can also be a realist and say, yeah. look, I want X, Y, and Z. But that's not going to happen. So I'll settle for X and half a Y, or X and Y, or it's just, um, it it is frustrating, and um, it makes it tougher to get stuff done. But you still can. I'm actually a long-term optimist about that. I think people are going to get burned out by the just politics of, you know, personal destruction. Everyone's an enemy, and no one can just disagree. That that takes a toll after a while.
1: Yeah, I got to tell you guys, I was shocked this morning by something, and I very few things shock me anymore, but this is 2020, and there was an article on the show this morning reading about uh, what men find uh, about women that, what men find things about women they, that they believe are very attractive. What attracts you to women? And I read the whole list, and at the end of the list I said, mm-hmm. it'd be kind of interesting to hear from gay men or women, what about the other woman or what about the other man are you attracted to? And a man called in, and he basically said, any man but you, Tom. That's what he said. <laughs> and he actually did say that, which was very funny. But then I talked to him at length about it, and it's pretty much the same thing. You know, it's like the tight jeans are phenomenal. We like that. You know, well-dressed, well-groomed. And we had a really nice conversation. The guy could not have been a nicer man, and he was just a listener, called in, had a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I then received a personal message from a, um, a person who said, I will never listen to your show again. You're allowing gay people to come on and talk about gayness on your show and being attracted to a person. That's a... I like it's 2020, and there are still people to think that way. Isn't that amazing? It's
4: shocking. You
1: know? It is. I yeah. mean, he, he literally thought that no one would ever listen to me again because I allowed a gay man to talk about what attracts him to other men.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well.
1: That's uh, And that's kind of a battle we're in here. It's not only do we have the far right, we have the far left. All the rest of us are stuck in the middle. And there's a lot of money to be made from the far left and the far right. That's the other thing we have to understand. There's a lot of money on the far left and a lot of money on the far right. And that's a problem, don't you think, Steve? I do. I mean, there
2: there, there is a, it's just a lot of incentive to create conflict where it doesn't have to exist. part of it's financial, part of it's otherwise, where it doesn't have to. Hey, there are things worth fighting for, of course, left or right. I get that. But not everything is a fight um, or has to be or should be. Um, But there is sometimes a vested interest in just promoting the fight aspect of it beyond just the ultimate goal. And that's that's a big problem.
1: It is indeed. So, Kristen... When do you think, okay, well, I'm going to go around the table. So we're going to go with Kristen, Steve, Andy, and then we'll finish with Dr. Ralph Basham. Kristen, when we'll be a- will we be able to go sit in a restaurant and have dinner again?
4: I think you're going to be able to sit in a restaurant oh. soon, especially in Los Angeles. They're going to do about 25% capacity in the next few weeks. We lose a lot so. of money, man. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah,
4: but, you know, oh. it's, it's, it's going to be tough on the restaurant business. Some of them aren't even bothering to open their dining rooms, I know, in Florida and Georgia. They're just continuing with delivery and takeout because it's mm-hmm. working
1: for them. Right. So you think within a month you'll be doing that in, in California?
4: Yeah, but at, at a 25% capacity, yes.
1: Right. All right. Next we go to Secretary of State, Minnesota Secretary of State, Steve Simon. Uh, you, unless you uh, don't want to, you know, you hold office. No, and, I'll do no, it. Oh, okay.
2: I have no insight. I have no insight for information.
1: I would say just
2: uh, to be on the extra cautious side, I'll go with, like, July 4th.
1: Fourth of July, right. so we can have um, fireworks. Couple couple months. Okay, Andy, what do you think?
3: Um, I don't know. I mean, if you look at the actual number of cases day by day in the United States, and especially New York City, is almost done. They have. They barely yeah. are even having any more cases anymore compared mm. to. They peaked a month ago, so we're a month past the peak in New York City. Uh, Six thousand cases. Compared to uh, two days ago, they had 300. So New York City, they're basically done. Most of the big cities are basically done. They've, LA, they've yeah. all got... Anyone who was going to get it, they got it, and now they're immune to it. Uh, so honestly, I think in places like that, it yeah, any day now, because it just doesn't make any sense to keep worrying about something that... One in three hundred people out of the population in New York City—that's got to be a Eighth fraction million. of yeah. a fraction of a percent. Three hundred out of eight million. You said? Yes, sir. Let's see here. Gotta divide. I can't do that in my head. So that'd be point zero zero three percent. There you go. So, <clears throat> so you're yeah. saying the next two
1: weeks, you think? In some places, yeah, probably. So we got two weeks, one month. We got two months, Ralph.
0: Yeah, the two things that really are, are going to be important here is one is the economics of the restaurants actually opening. And I talked to uh, one restaurateur in Wayzata, and they they're trying to run the numbers and, and model this, and they're thinking, man, I don't know if it's even worth opening. That well, they're barely that. solvent as so, is. So that's one thing. The other part of it is is really this uh, idea of an antibody test where you can mm-hmm. say. Who has 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 had this? And if we can find out that there is seventy percent uh, people have had it, that's herd immunity. Boom, we're yeah. over, we're over the hump, done with it. Open up. Then you can be open up because it doesn't really matter right. at that point. Right. The, the point is, you get it by being close to somebody who's coughing and hacking mm-hmm. uh, in a closed situation, cruise ship, hospital room, things like that. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. You're fine. Well, just flu season, you know. Yeah, it's like if, flu. Yeah, or a cold, kind mean, of cold.
3: Do what you do during flu season.
0: Just be a
1: little more careful, and you're yeah. probably good. Okay, you're gonna go two weeks, a month, two months. What are you gonna go? Really? Oh, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go mid July, mid July.
1: So you're gonna go a couple of months too. Yeah. All right, because some people are saying it's going to be August 1st, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see what the deal is. Looking at the statistics, I mean, the disease is going to be wiped out by August unless something drastic happens. I hope so. Uh, Kristen, always a great pleasure. You know that, no question. We'll talk to you next week, correct?
4: Absolutely. I'm, I'll be there.
1: Thank you, my dear. And then, Steve, I... Uh, I will get a hold of you. I'll give you a call, and we'll set up uh, an appearance. And the appearance on the KQ Morning Show is only about 10 minutes, so you don't have to put up with me all that long. <laughs> <laughs> so I will reach no out. Problem. We'll have you on the KQ Morning Show. But I, I, mostly I want to talk about the fairness of voting by mail because I think a lot of people are still, yep. oh, wait a minute. They're trying to fix the election. I mean, I've already yeah. heard that. So, you know, we'll Happy get it Happy to chat done. about it. Thank you so much for coming on today. Look forward to being on the KQ Morning Show uh, later this week or early next week, whenever you can do it. <clears throat>
2: Thanks for having
1: me. Thank you, sir. Minnesota Secretary of State Steve Simon, Kristen Burt, Los Angeles Entertainment Reporter. We'll be back. A couple of guests coming up in a second hour as well with the family.